everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Keibel and John Mikulski. Welcome to the Tightwad Teacher. This is episode 13, the real teacher workload for October 4th, 2011. Uh, as always, I am your host, Sean Keibel. I'm joined by John Mikulski. Say hey, John. How's it going, guys? All right. And uh, we are also, uh, I'm going to jump right into the warm up and say we are also joined by Brian Brueger. Say hey, Brian. Hey, how you guys doing? And uh, the reason we're, uh, Brian's joining us this week is uh, we have an announcement to make. John, do you want to make the announcement or you want me to? Um, I can make the announcement. You, you might recognize Brian's name because he was on a, a previous episode. Brian, I don't remember what number, episode five, something like that, or five. A five sounds right. Yep. Um, and, uh, we, we had him, I, he was in the back of my mind because a, a couple episodes ago, we, we talked and, and Sean was saying that, um, based on some of the other things he was doing with the Tightwad Tech and also just with the Element OP network in general, um, that he was looking to step down and, and, uh, pass the torch, if you will, to, uh, to someone else. And, um, Brian, you were the first sucker to say yes. So congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, you are uh, going to be our uh, new, my new co-host on The Tightwad Teacher starting probably in the next couple of weeks. So we thought that we'd have you on just so you can say hello to everybody and, uh, and, and we can probably heckle you a little bit and then uh, we'll, we'll let you go. Well, well thank you. It's, it's good to join you. Um, I believe I've drawn the shortest straw and <laughs> um, it'll be all downhill from here. Well, it's it's uh, how appropriate is it, John? Do you think that this is episode thirteen? You know, lucky thirteen. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, growing up as a kid, thirteen was my favorite number. Oh, um, good. Whatever that says for me, I don't know. But <laughs> right, right. How'd that work out for you? It brought you to us. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, like John said, uh, I our our network is growing, and uh, there's actually uh, quite a bit of business that has to be taken care of along uh, with that. So uh, I have quite an extensive business background uh, as a former finance executive. So naturally, I get all of that uh, busy work sh- uh, shifted over to my desk. <laughs> so uh, so in the interest of taking care of that and and growing the network. Uh, in a workmanlike manner, uh, yeah, I'm going to step down and uh, uh, shuffle papers from here on out. I will still be on the Tightwad Tech, but I'm going to limit it to just that show. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think you guys are going to do a great job. And, uh, Brian, uh, just really excited to have you on board and, and joining John. And can't wait to see just uh, or hear, I guess I should say, uh, what you guys uh, do in the future. Well, it's exciting. I would have to say the uh, the the first contact did catch me off guard, and um, <clears throat> but off guard in a good way. And thought about it and said, "Hey, it's tough to pass up an opportunity." So um, I'm excited to be on board. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you know, I have to say I, I was a little nervous because I sent the email out, and then I didn't hear from you for like a it was like a week or so after before you got back to me. And the whole time I thought, "Oh man, that is not a good sign." <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm really glad, you know, I, in all honesty, like, I, you were one of the first guests that really, um, you know, brought a really good voice to the show in terms of um, your experience and, and just your temperament. And uh, I think you and Sean have similar backgrounds in that, that admin tech kind of world. So I, I think it's going to be a nice counterpoint to, to the more teacher experience stuff that I can bring. So I, I really do think it's going to be a nice transition, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to, to, to future episodes, I guess. 
I feel like I just gave a toast. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brian, uh, yeah, how how was that when you first got that news? Was it kind of one of those, uh, I think, John, you had to do this too, I'm not sure, but uh, did did you have to run it by the wife, kind of get the kitchen pass first before you really could respond back? uh, As my father would say, any man who says he wears the pants in the family will lie about other things too. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yes, I most definitely ran it by, past my wife, but, um, I would actually like to take credit, um, if I could for intentionally delaying to kind of make John sweat it out. Uh, <laughs> it actually it. didn't work that way. <laughs> it, um, it's, it's still quarter one at school. And for me, quarter one and, you know, the weeks leading up to the start of school are always the, the most busy. So the truth of the matter is, is, I was just too busy to respond at the moment. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely came home and said, um, you know, I, you know, skipped the whole, I should, you know, read the email or tell her about it. I just said here and handed her the iPad and said, read this. And then, um, and then we talked about it, you know, here and there and planning, uh, times and, and recording and, and how everything works. And, um, she's very supportive and, in fact, you know, when I came back to my studio to record, you know, the kids are around and her first response is make sure you lock the door. So um, <laughs> she she's on board with it and is taking care of that. And um, it's very exciting and, and it's good to be here. <clears throat> great, uh, you know, great. Sean, I don't know if I ever shared this with you when you first asked me to come on. Uh-huh. Um, I, I really wanted to. I thought I'd be this the coolest thing to do. And I wasn't totally sure what, what my wife would say in terms of the time that it would take. So I remember coming home one day and playing it really modest and saying, well, you know, they, someone wants me to do this and I don't know if I should. And I, I really kind of <laughs> tested the waters and, and she didn't buy it for a second. She looked at me and went, you're going to do it. Just do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she, she, she saw right through that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. She, she endorsed right off on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you respond right away, then you just sound too eager. So you always have to, you know, delay a little bit or ho hum or do what I did to John and respond. You know, I really appreciate the offer. However, and then just a bunch of dots in there and say, are you sweating yet? <laughs> Well, John, all you had to do is tell her that, you know, you, you'd still love her when you were rich and famous. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Wait a second. I didn't know that we get to be rich and famous. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's supposed <laughs> yeah. to come later on. Believe me, I'll be working hard in the background to make that happen. <laughs> that's why we're leaving, relieving Sean of this duty so he can make us rich and, and right. famous. Uh, from that. <laughs> yeah, you know, then you guys could go and fly around the world and speak at seminars and, you know, we could, world famous teachers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's why you all went into teaching, right? Oh, yeah. That's well, right. Yeah, the the fame, the power, and the money; those are really the three things. That yeah, brought I mean the same reason. Yeah, that's why most most of us do, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm going to just uh, jump forward into the warm up here, and Brian, feel free. Uh, you know, if uh, if uh, you know it, you feel led to, you can uh, certainly chime in as we do our warm up portion of the show here. Uh, but I want to uh, talk about episode 12, which uh, just uh, precedes this episode. And we did have a technical difficulty on that one. So uh, if you were listening or, you know, if you had a, a pod trapping device that uh, didn't get our episode on the uh, Tuesday that it was supposed to, 
uh, come out. Uh, we do apologize. We had some technical difficulties. We lost a little bit of the audio from the interview, so I want to... Uh, one apologize to our guest and uh, and uh, to the listeners there we we do our best to make sure that doesn't happen but you know with technology sometimes we have those kind of accidents so uh, uh, I, I was almost ready to call it like the lost episode or maybe something you know we John we talked off air about uh, maybe uh, rescheduling and doing it again or you know we felt like that was a pretty long interview we went on and on uh, Probably more than most people want to hear about typewriters, right? Well, hold on, hold on. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, but the interview was uh, it was a, a pretty lengthy one, and, and the guest was Ryan Adney. And um, anything that there was only a few minutes at the end that got cut off uh, before we said goodbye to him. And, and again, like we mentioned on the show uh, last week, uh, his, and keep following him on his website. And any any little bit that we may have uh, been cut out of, uh, you can you can kind of keep up on, on that from his end. Uh, I think it was magicmargin.net was his, his website. Right, right. And he was. He was a great guest. And uh, I, I have to admit that I was really kind of blown away that it was so much more interesting than I thought it would be. You know, it was, it was really actually so far has been one of my favorite episodes. And yeah, I know it has it, been for you, John. Oh, I, I know. I know. I don't know if Brian knows that, that I'm, I'm a big typewriter enthusiast, but we had someone on that, that shared my passion. It was pretty cool. Um, I am aware of it. Um, I just didn't know that I quite uh, fully understood the depth of the <laughs> insanity, if you will. The obsession. Well, don't worry. If there's anyone else out there that is as uh, enthusiastic as I am, I will certainly find that person, and now you will have to co-host a show with them. <laughs> they'll, they'll be the next guest. Yeah. Misery loves company. You got it. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess with all of that said, uh, we'll uh, go ahead and uh, cut to uh, the the heart of our show and the uh, inter- interview with our, our guest for this week. So uh, we will. Uh, I'll just lead us right into that. Very simply, uh, John, you're going to get to introduce this one. So uh, this is your first uh, test run, so to speak. Yeah, I have to start practicing. <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. All right, well, let's bring on our guest. Uh, today we have Chuck Ripley, who is a high school English teacher from Ames, Iowa. Chuck, how's it going? Uh, that's pretty good. How are you, John? Uh, not too bad. Um, so we're looking forward to talking a, a little bit about what you've been doing and um, your blog in particular. But why don't you start us off and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you teach and stuff. Sure. Uh, as you said, John, I teach in Ames, Iowa. Uh, I grew up pretty close by, and I went to Iowa State University, which is here, and I got a job right after uh, graduating. And so in the last five years that I've been teaching there, uh, I've had a lot of success and a lot of great experiences working with uh, the department and and, uh, the staff in general. So I teach uh, English uh, for juniors and seniors, mainly focusing on American literature, British literature, and a uh, film studies class. And it, it looks like, uh, I guess this fits really well at the topic of, of the show, but you're really keeping busy, too, um, outside of the classroom and, and stuff that isn't necessarily curricular. Is that right? Right, yeah. Uh, this fall, I'm going back to Iowa State to uh, start work on my master's program again. I've got about six credits under my belt, and I'm looking to get an MA in uh, literature, um, which isn't necessarily very pedagogically based. We take, you know, maybe two or three classes 
um, that do focus on the teaching of literature and things like that. But most of it does focus just on things like lit theory and uh, exposure to new books, new genres, new authors. Yeah. Uh, Charles, I'm kind of curious. Uh, are you doing that, um, I guess, in the, the interest of kind of moving forward into administration someday or just uh, why exactly are you? Uh, no, I, I can't see myself as an administrator. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just don't have the patience that those wonderful people do, uh, for working with the community. Um, uh, no, my interest in getting the masters, um, is just that, that I love being in school myself. I love being a student and it helps keep me balanced and, and remembering what my own students are going through and helps me, uh, do things better, like communicate expectations um, and really let them know kind of I'm there to help them out. Um, and also I just, I just love literature learning and, and being back on campus is great. It helps me feel, um, a little younger, not that I'm that old, but it's, it's good to be back. A, a true lifelong learner then. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, we, we brought you on today because, uh, let me give you a little bit of a backstory. I, I, I spotted your blog, um, last year, it may have been, shortly after you, you started it. Um, cause there's only a few posts mm-hmm. when I came there, but I was immediately intrigued by it and, and the, the message that you brought forth because, um, as teachers, I mean, all of us are, are, are teachers uh, to some extent here. And, um, I think we always feel that negative perception of, of what the public sees as what a teacher does. And, and you kind of took that and, and attacked that face on with your blog. So that's why we wanted to talk about it. Um, so why don't mm-hmm. you start off and, and tell us a little bit about how your, your 2000 hours project started and, and what ultimately you're hoping to get out of it. Well, sure. Um, I actually started something very similar two or three years ago. Um, when I was a little less angry, but still disappointed at, at how the profession was being portrayed in, in the news media. And it was anonymous and I didn't have any followers and I didn't tell anyone about it. It was really for my own benefit. And of course, I got tired of doing it and gave up in October. Um, and this time around, um, the the frustration uh, with negative um, perception of teaching just just kind of grew to a, a flashpoint this uh, summer, to where I said, I uh, if I'm going to stay in the profession, I need to at least tell my story and and feel that I've done something to I guess validate myself, if not my colleagues and and the profession in general. And so I set about um, logging my hours in a very, uh, you know, public forum and hopefully a very positive way. I didn't want to come across as, as the stereotypical teacher who um, most people have in their mindsets where they're constantly arguing for more pay or blaming the parents for uh, for home situations. I wanted to, to try to avoid those pitfalls and just sort of focus on myself and the work that I do. And I, I, I like that you, you're almost by, by posting these things on a blog, you're almost taking like a, a journalism, um, uh, approach to these things. And I, I really like that because I think lots of times media in print media in particular, um, are the culprits behind the negative perceptions of teachers. I know I'm always on Google and, and you can do news searches, um, through Google. So sometimes I'll, I'll go on and I'll just search for teacher just to see what comes up. And it, it's actually kind of sad because on that first page of, of recent hits, usually all but one or two of them are about a teacher doing something bad, either getting caught, you know, doing something inappropriate with a student or getting caught with something inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sad that those are the kinds of stories that make the headlines and it's not about 
the vast majority of teachers who are actually doing really positive and, and productive things with their students. So um, right off the bat, I think it's pretty great that you're kind of highlighting that and also showing how teachers go so far beyond what they have to be doing. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I think teachers are sort of by habit very private once they get outside of the classroom um, just because they lead, lead so uh, uh, public lives being in front of uh, the community eight, ten hours a day, and then anytime you're at the grocery store at movie theater, you're you're recognized and well-known. So I think a lot of us tend to try to maybe hide, you know, keep some semblance of, of privacy for themselves. Um, and, and certainly I try to maintain that as well. And, and maybe that's a part of the only stories that are getting out are, are negative stories, unfortunately. No, right, right. Well, and speaking of, you know, being in the public all the time, what you said that you, you shared this blog with people as opposed to when you tried it the first time. What was the response like from, like, say, your administrators? Mm -hmm. Because some people may see this as you kind of attacking the public perception as opposed to trying to enlighten it. Did they have any sure. reservations about you doing this? Um, uh, not really at all. Again, um, I'd had the idea sort of brewing in my head for, for a couple of months last spring during the semester and started to um, lock down the 2,000-hour, um, I guess, brand, if you want to call it that, with uh, my, my Twitter account, Facebook, Blogspot, all those sorts of things. And um, about a week or two before I was ready to, to shoot, I guess, my first video and, and write the first couple of entries, I, I emailed my um, principal, kind of told them what I wanted to do with the website, what my vision for it was, and, and why I felt like I needed to, to do it. And uh, he very graciously said, go for it without really any reservations. You know, I, I, um, I said it was going to be a very positive thing towards the profession, towards the district. And that if people, um, as you said, were, were going to think that I was complaining or attacking public perception rather than trying to change it or, or to, um, enlighten, then that was going to be more the fault of, of people for misreading the message rather than any failure on my part. Um, and, and how I try to do that is to be extremely positive with any sort of feedback that I get. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot of negative feedback. There have been a few emails and, and postings, and I try my best just to um, respond to them in a way that, um, like I said, is, is professional and, and and just positive. All right, I got to go so, there. I'm really interested. What what kind of negative feedback would you get out of something like that? Um, can you guys hear me okay? Oh, Your yeah. volume's dropping a little bit. Yeah, you sound fine. Okay. Um some of the, the negative feedback that I had uh, was this one email in particular of a woman who never responded after I, I sent something back a few days later was was angry about uh, just teachers complaining in general and, and how we're always asking for more pay and and more respect and that we only work eight months of the year, you know, the general sorts of arguments. And and she had the um, the argument I love the most is that I've, I have some family and friends who are teachers and um, that she was tired of hearing them talk about the same sorts of things that I was complaining about. And and I just very politely tried to tell her, well, if 
if everyone's, you know, complaining about these things, there might be some, some truth behind them. And, and that my blog wasn't meant to complain or, or to be negative, but to just try to let people know how, um, how the reality of the situation might be different than what's, you know, told to you through the television or, or newspaper. Uh, other negative responses have been more about how I'm deciding to uh, count hours. Some people don't want me counting um, work days with the staff, staff in service. Some people don't think that my grad school um, hours should count or coaching or vice versa. And so um, I, I guess I can see a little bit of their points when they bring that up. And that's why I try to break down my hour count by, you know, this is my total. But this week I spent X on, on uh, teaching and so many hours on, on grading and a couple hours here or there at grad school. So well, they can see, let, um, let's talk about that uh, just really quickly because yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and I'll ask both of you to respond to this, but I know here in Texas, I mean, teachers are required to have so many what we call CPE hours, you know, continuing professional education. Uh, that is part of the job. So... It uh, certainly seems like, at least here where it's a requirement, that that should count. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I'll, I'll feel that one here. Uh, in Iowa, we definitely have, um, we need we need to have more grad credits as the years go on as part of our recertification progress. I don't remember off the top of my head how many credits, but I think after, you know, the two or three years and then five years that you need to relicense, you need, I think, six to nine credits continuing education um so yeah it's part of the job and i wouldn't have my license if i didn't keep learning and i don't think a lot of people know that unfortunately yeah and in new york state uh they actually recently changed the requirements a couple of years ago and now any any teacher um who got certified i think it was four years ago now has to have x amount of hours every year but really i think looking at the totals on your site chuck it's it's kind of uh irrelevant anyways you started um, recording hours in in june and really summers are typically the slow time because you don't have a lot of face-to-face it's more planning and prep work and stuff uh, right you've already totaled over 380 hours so for people to be saying well this little thing shouldn't count or this little thing i mean i think the the point the message is still pretty clear and what you're trying to prove yeah yeah today i'm i'm up over 400 and um so again, I, I just assume I'm going to be hitting this 200 hour a month sort of average until May or June, um, which will put me well over 2000. So I just hope that keeps, keeps happening. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Um, and I'm hoping you didn't already mention this, but, um, 2000 hours, how does that compare to, uh, the average Joe out there that works uh, 40 hours a week? I, I just yeah. haven't done the math. I wasn't, wasn't quite sure where does yeah. that fall? Um, I, I had a real, real hard time trying to find, um, average hours worked, uh, per year for, you know, just for the average American and, and the same with average salary. And so really the 2000 hours a year thing was just, you know, 50 weeks a year, two weeks off, 40 hour weeks. That's where I just kind of came up with a ballpark figure. It's a nice round number. Sounds appealing. That, um, that makes sense. Weeks. I think that that's probably yeah. right in the, at the average of uh, somebody that would work 40 hours a week. Yeah. Um, afterwards, I, I think I found a, a website that um, put it, put the average Joe at about 17, 1800 hours a year. Um, but I think that was anywhere from part time to you know professionals. So right, kind of average, averaging across the board. Right, right. 
Well, it's, I think it's safe to say, I mean, just uh, loose math, it already looks like uh, you're probably going to have that crushed. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Uh, we have speech <laughs> season starting within the next couple of weeks, and um, uh, uh, there was some 70-hour weeks that I was putting in last February, uh, coaching kids for four hours after school and then eight to ten hour contest days on Saturday. And then this year we're hosting one of the um, the state events, which is, um, you know, just weeks of planning and logistics and contacting coaches and judges and and uh, I'm also hoping to be taking two grad classes next spring. And so um, I'm not sure when I'll hit the 2000 mark, uh, maybe March, April. I'm planning a party when I do. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have the cake and pictures and things like that up on the blog. Well, I, speaking of your blog, I have a question. I'm looking at it now. And uh, you have well over 200 people following the blog um, just through Google. So I'm sure there's more through mm-hmm. other other feed sites. But. Um, yeah. Have you heard any stories about other people taking uh, taking the lead and and doing their own kind of little uh, project, keeping track of hours? Because this seems like something that I could see going kind of viral among teachers. Yeah, um, I've gotten a handful of um, you know this is a, a great idea. I'm going to be doing the same thing myself, and I've meant to sort of follow up with them here in the next couple weeks and see how well they're doing, uh, where they're at, and and try to highlight highlight their projects on on my blog if they give me permission to um, just to kind of champion the idea and and uh, congratulate them for keeping it up it's not a very easy thing to to constantly kind of check the clock and try to remember you know what you've done today and how much time you spent doing it Um, I do have a Google Doc on there that I haven't quite mastered on how to use but if anyone wants to kind of put in hours there and I haven't been very good about it myself um, we've got sort of the official idea there. Um, there's also been plenty of, of teachers who have said, I, you know, I can't publicize this maybe for whatever reason they don't quite feel as comfortable or their administration isn't as supportive. Um, but there are people applying the idea to, to advocate for themselves. Um, maybe not necessarily to the internet or even local press, but maybe just to, uh, family, friends or, or themselves. Um, maybe they've never thought about it that way. So I'm glad that they, the idea can spread and, um, and that people can, you know, hopefully say I, I work just as many hours as any other professional and, and I deserve to be treated as one. Well, that, that's exactly the point. I think, like you said, you know, you started off just feeling very angry about the things that are going on. And, and mm-hmm. that's the case around the U.S. right now. Um, with budgets being slashed and, and all the negative perceptions and, and state testing and, and that whole gamut of problems that, that education in the U.S. seems to be having right now. And I do yeah. think you have some faction of teachers who are just mad. They just don't know what to do about it and they're angry and they're resentful. And that, in turn, seeing that um, actually causes that uh, that negative image of us. So um, it's great to see that what you're doing is kind of inspiring other people to be advocates. And, and in general, I think there is becoming this movement among teachers to advocate for their profession. That's something that people don't mm-hmm. think about. You don't lump teachers in, in with professions like uh, doctors and, and lawyers. It's, it's the same idea. It's a profession that, that people don't really uh, pay attention to. But even, I know recently, I don't know if you saw it or not, Chuck, but uh, it mm-hmm. reminded me a little bit of, of your blog on YouTube. There's a bunch of them sprouting up now where teachers are staging what they're calling grade ins. I don't know if you ever saw a grade mm-hmm. in, but basically what they do is um, they go to a public place, usually a mall, like a food court, 
and they they go in and they sit and they grade papers for an hour or two and the whole idea is to show the public this is what we normally do sitting at our kitchen table at night but here we are doing it and and, and ask us questions about that and just ideas like that really do um help everyone understand what exactly it means to be a teacher and do to be a professional educator uh, and all the extra work that goes into that definitely yeah um i hadn't thought about doing anything like that i've heard about them uh, it'd be a lot of fun to try to try to um get the uh the department together go to the mall or university or, or do something like that um next couple of days i'll be putting up a photo essay that i did this sunday that i've been too busy ironically to post um about just that thing about grading and um due to poor planning on my part i received about 150 papers last wednesday um 60 on fahrenheit 451 and 90 film critiques and so i've spent about six to eight hours outside of class just decking through those and grading them and um yeah it's been a struggle to to grade each one uh oh, individually at its own yeah yeah. I know exactly what you're talking. I, I teach English as well, but at the middle school, and I don't know if that makes it better or worse because maybe I don't get, um, the papers I get maybe n- may not be as long as yours, but they're written by middle schoolers, which just makes it that much harder to grades. But yeah, yeah a lot, a lot exactly more stuff mean. to correct there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, I know there'll be times when I'll bring home a stack of papers and I'll be doing the math in my head. You know, I have 106 kids this year and it was a four page paper, you know, a packet that I handed out and I'm like adding it up in my head thinking, Oh man, I have like almost 500 pages I have to look at tonight. And yeah, it, yeah. it, it piles up pretty quick around you. Yeah. And I was, I was, uh, tracking my stats cause I, I never quite timed, um, how long it took me to grade a paper. And I was always very curious. Um, uh, I was always thought I was sort of a fast grader, and that that worried me, and it still does, I guess, a little bit. Um, and so with with the Fahrenheit papers, they were actually just a paragraph, you know, supposed to be about a half a page, and those took about uh, three and a half to four minutes a piece. And then these film critiques, which are two to three pages, are taken anywhere from to six to ten minutes, um, and that's um, you know. I multiply that by 60 or by 90 and try to get them back within two or three days. And it's, it's a busy couple of days. No, it starts to add up. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're, uh, we're coming to the close. Sean, is there anything else you, uh, you'd like to add before we, we let Chuck go? I think he, actually he has a grad class tonight, so, uh, you won't <laughs> keep him too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, I'm, it's all very interesting to me and I think it's a great thing that you're doing. Uh, I, I certainly hope, uh, that, you know, we can, uh, follow up with you maybe, uh, further on down the road, uh, as you get closer, maybe when you break that 2000 hour mark, uh, it'd be really yeah. great to have you back on the show during that time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just keep watching, and I'd love to come back. And I want to take a second to thank uh, Sean and John, you guys, for having me on and kind of giving some some publicity to the website. I'm tracking the the visits to keep my ego inflated, and so I can always uh, always use more followers, more visits, and and hopefully, yeah, just more teachers who feel like uh, somebody's advocating for them, and and that they can have the same uh, positive impact on on their uh, communities. Well, we certainly will, and I'll take that uh, uh, opportunity to throw in here. 
certainly, uh, listeners, go check out uh, 2000hours.blogspot.com. Uh, and that's uh, just like it said there. If uh, if you didn't catch that, of course, go to the Element OP dot com website and we will have links to that as well in our show notes so uh yeah check it out uh help support a fellow teacher uh, i think he's uh this is a very noble cause and uh, we need to all come together and uh, rally behind it so uh thank you uh, so much again for what you're doing and uh, we'll uh, we'll follow up with you again in the future all right thank you guys yeah, take care chuck all right yep all right, that was Chuck Ripley, and his website, again, was 2000hours.blogspot.com. And uh, like he said, there's nothing that inflates the ego more than, than seeing people visiting and, and reading what you wrote. So um, go and leave a comment and, and follow along because, like I said earlier in, in the interview, he's only been doing it for a few months, and he's already gotten that many hours and that much attention. So I, I really do think he's going to really make a, a pretty positive impact on on the perception that teachers have right now. Yeah, I, I, you know, you you said uh, you used the word viral, and I think uh, that might be accurate here. It's it's going to be very interesting to see as the school year progresses and his hours just continue to rack up, uh, and, and you know things like this, this show, and uh, all the other social media out there, uh, just to watch as people, uh, you know, join in and and follow along. So uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on it as well. Yeah, you know, and. I think he came across, I was really impressed by the way he came across because everything is very matter of fact and um, you can tell that he's, you know, he has something to prove, but I didn't get the impression that he was trying to stick it to anybody. And, and that's really um, a great way to go into a project like that. You know, actually in the, in the show notes, I used, um, I used the word audacious. That's my, my big vocab word for the day. But I said it's kind <laughs> of, you know, you have this, you run the, the look of, or the, run the risk of appearing audacious just because you're basically saying, here's what I really do as opposed to what you think I do. And and some people may take offense to that and uh, see that kind of as an aggressive move. And I, I think it was great to have him on and, and hear really why he was doing this and what he was really trying to get across. And I think it's a lot more, um, I don't know if wholesome is the best word, but it, it it's a, a lot more subtle than than maybe what it first looks like. So um, I, I think as you, you follow the blog, you'll see that come through a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I look forward to following up with him. I think that'll be great. Uh, I won't be around for that one, but I'll certainly be listening in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So uh, tips of the week. I think we, we actually popped in and made some this week, right? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, but in typical fashion, I, I did it like five minutes before we started recording. So, uh, you know, I guess it is what it is. But um, I, I guess I can go first. Um, I'm, I started in school. Actually, I'm, I'm much like Chuck. I'm in grad classes right now. And, um, we had to do for, for this new class I'm in, we, we had to make a digital portfolio. And basically what the professor said was the portfolio could be any means you want. Some have uploaded PowerPoint. Some used, um, interactive sites like, uh, Glogster or, or Prezi. And some made videos. And I decided that I really had to be the overachiever. So I decided that I was going to make um, a video and use split screen. So I was going to record oh. myself on, yeah, I, I, wow. I really set the bar high. I just, I wanted to look smart so I can slack off the rest of the semester. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, make that great first impression, right? Exactly. So <laughs> the whole idea of the, the portfolio was to kind of get people kind of a getting to know you thing, um, because it's an online course. So you never actually see anyone face to face, but part of it was to get to know them at a professional level, their professional goals, that kind of stuff, but then also at a personal level. So, 
I thought, what better way to do that than to film myself twice? So I, I set up my, my flip camera in front of a couch and um, I recorded first myself dressed up real nice and fancy in a shirt and tie on one side t- talking about my professional goals and things. And then I, I filmed myself wearing just a regular T-shirt on the other side talking about my personal stuff. And yes, uh, Sean, the accordion made an appearance. I pulled that out from my video as well. Uh, You're going to get maximum mileage out of that, aren't you? Oh, uh, I'm really, I, I, I can play like three chords. And I don't know how to do anything on it, but it, it looks cool. So hey, we, we are still waiting for pictures of that, by I the know, way, on the know, forum. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if people who have not been following us for that long don't know what this is about, I think two episodes ago, I, I unveiled it. I purchased an accordion. I'm trying to learn how to play it. And, uh, yeah, I've just been getting nothing but, but I, I would call it flames. Are you, are you and, you and Mark are like flaming me on the, the forum trying to get me to post, uh, right. pictures of it up. <laughs> yeah, we want to, we want to see pictures. Of course, I got to see it in the, uh, what was, I think we, it wasn't Skype we were using that day. I think we were using the, uh, oh, what is it Plus. on Google Plus? Yeah, hang, uh, hangout. The hangout. Yep. Yeah. So we were using the hangout, but I did get to see it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that it's red. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but still, yeah, we want to get some good quality pictures up there on the forum, especially so everybody, even the listeners can go check that out. All right. Well, I will be sure to post that. But anyway, so my long-winded story back to my teacher tip. So after, um, after I filmed these two things, I realized I had no idea what kind of software would actually combine my, my two clips to make a true through split screen. And I hunted around for a little bit and I found some plugins from movie, Windows Movie Maker and they didn't work for a while and a couple other things. And I ended up finding one and I believe it's a, a trial, but it worked really, really well. So um, for people who are looking to, to use a, a simple video editing tool that isn't going to cost a lot of money um, and is way more robust than like iMovie or any of the freebies out there, um, I'm recommending it was called Sony Vegas Pro. And um, you can just do a search. I, I think I found it right on... Uh, uh, one of the download download.com or one of those and um it it did my split screen nicely it even let me do some color correction um and again those are all features that that the typical freebies that come standard with your operating system don't have so um that's my te- teacher tip for the week all right all right awesome uh well i'll jump in with the tech tip and the tech tip is uh, right along the lines of something i'm not sure if i I may have mentioned this in a past episode. My memory is telling me that I did. But uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve Gibson, and he, he is a security expert, a computer security expert. Uh, and he's on a podcast uh, called Security Now that I listen to weekly. And uh, he, he had come up with a new password theory uh, probably about oh, well, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. And what he calls it is password haystacks. And uh, John, I don't know. Do you, do you recall me talking about this, where it was the length of the password that's more important than the the difficulty of it? I I don't know. I, I think that may have shown up on your other podcast. That, know that might be, and that that's true. That's the the dangers of uh, having two podcasts. Sometimes you think you said something on one, and you it's actually like said head, it on the it's other. It's like you have, be honest, Sean. It's like you have two girlfriends, and you can't remember who you told what. Right. To. That's exactly <laughs> it. Not that I would ever know what that is like, but right, right, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> But uh, anyway, okay, so I'll just give a real brief uh, uh, summation of the password haystacks theory. Uh, But basically, uh, you know, I can take a, like, let's say uh, what somebody typically does is I'm going to make a password for something and I'm going to, the password's going to be my daughter's name. Okay, so I'm going to say my password is Gracie. And 
that's obviously not a secure password for many reasons. But I can take that simple password, Gracie, and I can add, uh, let's say, eight asterisks to the end of that. And now I take a password that a hacker could could hack in literally seconds, and I now make it uh, where he can't hack it in 38,000 years. Um, uh, so, it, you know, something uh, along those lines. Uh, so the idea there is it's not the complexity of the password that really matters. It's the length. Uh, so it's the same thing. You could take uh, uh, a password that's, let's say, seven characters long, and it's random. It's uppercase G, the ampersand, N, J, 1, 5, whatever. You know, a password like that that's completely random and that you also could never remember, right? That's why people always complain about, well, I can't make secure passwords because I can't ever remember them. Well, the idea with password haystacks is you're basically, you're trying to create as large a haystack as possible to hide that, that needle in. So, again, length is really the paramount thing that you need to worry about. So you can take that name and you can bury it. You know, uh, what I like to do is sandwich it between characters. So I might do five asterisks and then my dog's name and then another five asterisks. Uh, but that's something that you can remember very easily. Uh, but at the same time, you have a super secure password. So that's password haystacks. Um, now, what I'm going to give you is... On Steve Gibson's website, and this guy is an uber nerd, so don't uh, don't shy away, shy away from his website because he keeps his website very simple and kind of old school looking. But uh, but he has great tools there. Uh, so his website is www.grc.com, and uh, for this we're going to say slash haystack.htm. And there he has a uh, password. Basically, it's kind of like a password calculator. And you can put in passwords and you can play around with this idea. And it'll tell you exactly how long it's going to take uh, a hacker to crack that password. So uh, if you follow this theory and you make a password uh, and you, you pad it with some extra uh, characters, random characters or whatever, um, then you can pop that in there and you can see, you know, how many, you know, thousands of centuries before a hacker could uh, hack it. So uh, check that out, grc.com slash haystack.htm. Yeah, this is pretty uh, pretty intense geek stuff here. I'm, I'm looking through the site now and um, it's making me feel totally, uh, totally vulnerable with what my, I thought my password was good before, but. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually an- another great use for it. You're right, John, is, you know, go and put in your password that you think is secure and, you know, you're going to see, you know, it might be somewhat secure, but it's still, you know, a hacker can uh, hack it in, you know, 12 hours or 20 hours or something like that. Um so, uh, yeah, this will give you an idea of maybe where you stand with your, your typical passwords. And, uh, you know, I think the most popular password is one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, <laughs> and, and the word password is actually one of the, the, uh, most common passwords and certain names and things. And, you know, all of those things, if you could take a list of maybe the top thousand or 10,000 passwords, that's actually in a database that hackers use. So, you know, keep that in mind. And if it is in that, if it does fall in that database, uh, like my example, you know, my daughter's name, Gracie, is probably on that list. And, uh, you know, a password like that could be hacked literally in uh, fractions of a second. So, right. 
But isn't that a that I think that was one of the the, the slapstick jokes in uh, remember that movie as a Mel Brooks Mel Brooks movie back in the eighties. Remember Spaceballs? Spaceballs came out and it was one of the the jokes was something about um, the guy's luggage. The password on his luggage was one two three four, and it turned out to be like the password to open up the galaxy or something. Right. So it, it, it's been around for a little while, and yeah, I I wouldn't risk trying anything like that. But I never thought about using um other characters in there. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's really it. So uh, I'm just going to give that example. So Gracie, I put that in there, and uh, I can be attacked depending on the uh, the method that the hacker uses. I can be that password can be cracked in anywhere from 3.72 days to uh, literally millionths of a second. Um, so uh, you know, uh, not uh, not very difficult at all if somebody wanted to hack me on that. But if I add, uh, let's see mm-hmm. here. Uh, just to give my example, I add five asterisks to the front and to the back. And now it's going to take uh, 6.97 thousand trillion centuries. <laughs> oh, man. Sean, I just put my password in that I use for a bunch of sites, and um, I could be hacked in 29 seconds. I feel like it's a, a Spaceballs uh, <laughs> luggage scenario. I have to change this now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so I, I certainly wanted to pass that along because uh, people are always, uh, you know, especially end users are, are always being hammered by their IT guys as far as, you know, uh, you need to make a complex password, you need to change your password frequently and all these kinds of things. And uh, this is just something that's it's a very simple fix to that problem. Uh, you can keep your password simple, something that you can remember, and at the same time, will take 6.97 thousand trillion centuries to crack. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, again, check it out. It's grc.com slash haystack.htm. All right, well, good, good tip. All right, so uh, this is the time of the show that we would uh, normally, or I guess I should say, I would normally tell you how to contact us and how to keep tabs on us and oh, all that fun stuff. you're going to do this to me, aren't but you? But yes, John, <laughs> in the interest of training, <laughs> I'm going to turn that over to you today. I might I might interject some things here and there. But yeah, yeah I'm, all right. So there are plenty of ways uh, to contact us versus by email. If you want to get a hold of us, it's tightwadteacher at elementop.com. Uh, the website is also elementop.com. And I think our forums are actually starting to take off there. So um, if you hear something uh, on the show or any previous shows and you want to talk about it, um, head on over there to uh, the forums page. Um, on Twitter, Sean, you're going to have to help me explain this because I still don't understand it. But um, on Twitter, you can follow us at elementop. Um but yeah. there's also a explain this. Uh, there's yeah. a, a list. Is that so, right? So yeah, the best way to do it is go to uh, go to Twitter and search for Element OP, and uh, of course you get that kind of main Twitter page for Element OP. And uh, when you land there, there's several lists. So uh, there's a drop down uh, that shows the Element OP lists, and uh, in that drop down you'll find uh, Tightwad Teacher, and you can click on that and actually follow that, and that's going to give you uh, at least for now uh, mine and John's uh, Twitter feeds. And uh, once we uh, once we switch over and Brian joins the show, then we'll we'll make the appropriate change so that that list uh, basically that list will always follow the hosts of uh, the Taiwan Teacher. Excellent. And um, also on Facebook right now, you can follow um, Element Opie at facebook.com slash Element Opie. And I believe that we're pretty close right now to having uh, the, the vanity name for Tightwad Teacher as well. So when you go on there, you can follow us there. Um, yeah, definitely. We want to we want to encourage everybody to jump on there. Uh, if you haven't done so, jump on the Facebook and like the Tightwad Teacher. 
uh, it, I think it's we only need like 25. I think they they bumped the number yeah. down. It used to be 100, and uh, so now it's like 25, I believe. And then we can have that facebook.com slash the tightwad teacher, and uh, and then we can start announcing it on the show. Great. And uh, you can also contact us by phone and be the first one to do so, actually, at 530-FRUGAL2. And uh, just make sure that's for all of the, the app or all the different shows on the Element OP network. So make sure that you uh, make sure to mention that it's for the tightwad teacher. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking at some point you know, as we add all these shows onto the network that uh, maybe we'll break we'll break down and, and do some different numbers for the different shows. Um, uh, but volume hasn't been a problem there. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I know I actually got nervous there for a second. I thought, oh, man, are the other shows getting lots of calls and we're the only ones that uh, <laughs> have a silent following? Yeah, the the the, uh, the Tightwad Tech does the best and uh uh, you know that show's been around a lot longer, and the listeners of that show are, are a little bit more used to that being there. So uh, th- there's more calls coming in on that show. But uh, I guess as time goes on and we we add uh, call volume from our other shows, then we'll probably have to split that out and uh, uh, get a different number for this show. So we look forward to that happening someday. Sure. So I guess that that about wraps it up. How'd I do it? My first contact. Uh, you did. You did very well. That was good. Yeah, okay. You got all the appropriate <laughs> information in there. So <laughs> there, we go. there we go. Yeah, that uh, right. that becomes old hat real quick. So yeah, uh, yeah. I th- I'm thinking we can just probably uh, take one of your the old shows that have you doing it, and we can just keep looping it at the end. But. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've actually thought that is, you know, it'd probably be easier if we had, you know, Mark's got such a great radio voice. Uh, kind of an announcer voice and thinking, you know, having him just kind of do a standard one for each show that we could just kind of edit in. So, uh, I don't know, but that makes editing so much harder. Editing is a pretty time consuming process. So, well, uh, but considering that the contact part is now my job and editing is not, I think it's a fantastic <laughs> idea. We just, we just tell Mark that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it was, uh, as always, another great show. So uh, I, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up and uh, and head home, huh? That sounds good to me, Sean. All right. Well, uh, for uh, for this week and the Tightwad teacher, uh, I will just say this is Sean signing off. And John signing off.